This is The Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. We are here with probably our biggest episode yet. We are talking about our individual top 10 films of 2023. If you guys didn't already notice, I'm fighting off a cold right now, but we still have to bring this content to you. And we're already January 11th by the time we're recording this. So we figured we want to get this out to you guys as soon as possible as we turn the page into 2024. A lot of great things coming out in the month of January and going forward. So we're going to tackle this head on. This is going to be an exciting episode. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Darian Scalamoni. I'm joined by Liz Seiko. Hello, everybody. And also Zach Miller. How's it going? How's it going? All right. So we are going to go over our top 10 favorite films of the year. Um, The way this is going to work is essentially I'm going to say my number 10. If my number 10 happens to be on either Liz or Zach's list and vice versa for all of us, and it's lower on our list, then we're going to say punt. Whoever has it higher on their list or lower on their list is going to say punt. Mm -hmm. And then we'll eventually get to that conversation when we reach that film when it's lower on somebody else's list. We did this earlier on in the year when we were doing our favorite films of the year thus far. A lot of those films are still on this list, so I'm yep. excited to dive into it and kind of uh, talk about the things that we've we've seen this year. So first thing, I want to talk about uh, the unfortunate number of movies that I haven't had a chance to see yet this year that I really wish I got around to that might have had a place on this list have I had seen it. Poor Things is a big one. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm really sad about it. Anatomy of a Fall. Godzilla Minus One, 1001 American Fiction, The Color Purple, The Creator, The Burial, Blackberry, All of Us Strangers, Rustin, American Symphony, The Boy and the Heron, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and Tetris are all films that I really wish I got around to seeing this year that might have made it on my list if I had seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, my honorable mentions for this year, I have Priscilla, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Barbie, I Like Movies, which we saw at the Indie Street Film Festival, I really love that movie, and Saltburn. So those are my honorable mentions. My number 10 is Ben Affleck's Air. Is it on either of your guys' lists? It is not on my list. Okay. Now, we all did see this movie. Yeah, we we saw it together. We saw this film (laughs) together. Fun fact for the culture wave audience that doesn't know this. We saw Air and did our chemistry test Mm -hmm. for this podcast network for Air, which was fun. That was a long time ago. That was back in April. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But I want to give credit to this movie, especially because it's a film that came out in the, uh, the first half of the year. It's still somewhat in the awards conversation. But this was a movie that was like totally up my alley. I really like Ben Affleck's direction and I liked him doing a smaller sort of film like this again, um, resetting his directorial path post Live By Night, which was not really well received. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the ensemble in this movie. I thought originally, I mean, it's such a strong year, but I thought Viola would get nominated for supporting actress. I thought Matt Damon had a shot at best actor. He did get nominated for the Golden Globe, but. It was just a movie that breathed so much life into it, and I love sports films, so that is why it is number 10 on my list. You guys have anything to say about it, or should we just move on? No, I agree. I thought um, Viola Davis, she definitely was a standout for me when I think back on that film. A part of me thinks that maybe the reason that it's not so heavy in the award season is because it came out when it did. Like it's not a forgettable film, but it definitely hasn't stayed in my mind in the forefront of lists. So I wonder if it did come out maybe closer to like Thanksgiving time when a lot of big name films are coming out. Um, if it would have gotten more attention from the award season. Yeah. Zach. I just think it was like, I mean, there's a lot of like sports movies and stuff like that too. I don't know if it was, if it was my like not my favorite and i didn't expect it to be my favorite but it wasn't as memorable to me i guess because it it felt like you know the story was it was it was a good story it was like a success story he pushed for something and he got the shoe brand but that's kind of all i got out of it i guess Mm -hmm. but and i I think you liked the movie a little bit more than i did yeah it was it was more of a movie that i think as when i saw it too it hit me like in the perfect spot where we hadn't seen a movie like that in a mm-hmm. while something that and again the first movie in the artist equity banner for affleck and damon which i really like what they're doing for film and trying to sort of put a pedestal for these smaller more intimate dramas again and, yeah. and movies of this vein so it lands number 10 on my list liz what give us some of your honorable mentions as well as your number 10 all right so first i'll say i have four films on my that i still need to watch list it's the color purple <laughs> American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, and Zone of Interest. Um, Those are kind of the four that I still have like a very big interest in seeing. Um, But a couple of my honorable mentions are Nyad, Bottoms, The Holdovers, and Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. 
those okay. four. There, there are some fun films there. Um, you, everyone's gonna die when I say what my number ten is. But my number ten, if you listen to our episode about Oppenheimer, you would know why. But number ten for me is Oppenheimer. And that's wow. gonna be a punt for me. And <laughs> wow. Zach, is that gonna be a punt for you as well? Yeah. We'll definitely get to it. So Zach, 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 let's let's hear your honorable mentions as well as your number ten film as well. Um, yeah, well, I'm recovering from that one. I hope our viewers can recover from it. Liz. Stick with us. Whoa. Stick with us here. Um, okay. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> I need so I need to watch a couple big ones. Uh a big one that I think might have actually made my top 10 was one that you saw Liz, all of us strangers. Um, and then I have a couple more American fiction, Rustin, the creator, the color purple. Um, there was definitely more that I didn't get to, but I, I got to most of the, most of the big movies this year. Um, so I, I was just kind of going through like how many I saw. And I, I think those are the bigger ones that came to mind. And then some honorable mentions, are uh godzilla minus one blackberry priscilla and the society of snow which just came out on netflix mm-hmm. um and that was that was really good too but so that just fell kind of outside my top 10 but um should i give my number 10 you mm-hmm. give your number 10 okay my number 10 is barbie oh push that push that <laughs> okay so that's also going to be pun. punted so we'll get again guys we'll get around to these when we get to when First they're a little bit lower on i'm list. shocked 10 <laughs> Hey, what? Barbie didn't even make my list. I know. You guys are coming at me. I'm coming yeah, back Look, at you. I, <laughs> I like Barbie. I like Barbie. I, I love Barbie. I just felt like there What's... was so many. It was hard for me to pack in um, 10 that were ahead of that. And and a lot of these are, are marginally ahead of each other. Like I feel similarly. Barbie yeah. is number 13 for me, and I just think it's a tough year. Like It's a really, really great movie, yeah. which we've talked about in some recent pods, but I'm happy with the year we got in cinema yeah but sorry All right, Liz. Well, well we'll talk about it's not it there <laughs> um my number nine i think is on neither of your guys lists either uh definitely not on liz's list this is guardians of the galaxy volume three is <laughs> on neither of your guys list no, no it's not okay so i'll just talk about it quickly for my marvel nerds i did um, see it it was good you did see it, it yeah so i just think it's a really great wrap up to um a trilogy of films in the mcu that people are going to miss the DNA that comes with these movies, how fun they are. And this film in particular takes a different turn in how emotional it is. And I think it's one of two of Bradley Cooper's great performances this year. This one being so much of a voice role, but the emotionality that comes with what Rocket has to deal with and and the trauma that he endures on his creation. Um, I just really love this franchise. And I, I remember being in high school when the first movie came out and and being so confident in it and so many people were nervous about the fact that like a c-list characters were coming to marvel and to me it's arguably the best trilogy of the films they've ever made and james gunn now going off to dc i just wanted to give some love to guardians and i i think that it's not my favorite of the three guardians movies the first one i think still holds a very near and dear spot mm-hmm. in my heart but i thought it was a really great emotional wrap-up to the story overall and i was happy to sort of see rocket's story play out in that way but liz give us a little glimpse of what you thought because you didn't get to talk about it i know you're not a marvel fan but I'm, I'm curious i'm digging into my like brain right now to try to remember <laughs> the film because i do i'll be honest it's not very memorable okay, for me right fair. now but the moment that you said rocket now it's coming back like it was his story um it was entertaining okay I'll take that. It was entertaining. I will take that. I wasn't bored, but that's true. I don't really remember fully like the story. All I remember is the ending, and I don't want to spoil it for people. Okay, so like, fair. it was it was good. Okay, it was good. Zach, we saw it together. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, I was gonna say um, it's definitely the one of the better projects that Marvel has done in probably the last. Three at three at least three years. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like like after the Spider Man, um, the recent Spider Man, this has probably been the best project that they've done. Yeah. So I was happy with it. I thought I was entertained by it. Um, it's definitely somewhere middle of the pack on my list of like of the whole year, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but yeah, I was I was entertained by yeah. it. Yeah, so. the rewatch helped me on this one. It, it was a little lower than ten, and then I moved it into the top ten. Because when did it come out? It came out in May. 
Yeah. Yeah. All so right. it's been a while again. Uh, Liz, you're number nine. My number nine. And I don't think it's on either of yours, um, but it's Priscilla. Just missed my list. Was I, no, I literally number 11, 11 for yeah. me. Zach, I yeah. wow. love that for us. I love that. All right, so yes, Priscilla was was my number eleven. Zach's number eleven. You're nice. number nine. Let's my number talk nine. about it. I um just am a huge <clears throat> fan of Sofia Coppola's, so I feel like a part of me was like, I need to have this on my top ten list. But also, I'm putting it this high up because I think it was actually probably one of my favorite production sets and costumes. I think that the way they transported um the audience and me as a viewer back to that time frame it was just beautiful to watch also uh for kaylee spaney's performance uh, i think she deserves to be nominated over and over again for it. it was it really put her on the map for a lot of people um and she just did a, a beautiful job of telling that story what'd you guys think yeah um go ahead zach oh, okay all right um i, I really liked uh, priscilla a lot I, um the, there was really like not much that I found wrong about the movie. I know when we talked about it too, Priscilla just has a lot going for it. They did a great job with the set design. They did a great job with handling the tone of the story and, and how important it was to tell that story too. Um, and Coppola is such a good fit for that, that mm -hmm. movie again, like we were saying. So I hope it gets some love at the Academy Awards. I think it, it should get a couple nominations, you know, um, it's a very stacked year. So we'll, I'm interested to see how it plays out and how it stacks up against everything else. But um, yeah, I really like the film. Yeah, I um, Kaylee Spaney's performance is probably in my top five for female performances mm -hmm. of the year. Uh, I the way it's trending, I don't know if she gets in. It's a, such a hard year. I think uh, she's too green. Maybe yeah, that they're I, like I, yeah, you'll have might, more. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have only seen a small select few of Sofia Coppola's movies, but this is probably my favorite that I've seen of hers. Mm -hmm. Um. I thought the movie as a whole was just such a pleasure to like in to watch. Um, even though there are moments obviously that are not pleasurable to to watch in terms of content, but I thought the movie as a whole was was really really well done. Uh, and I agree with you in terms of a lot of the below the line stuff, the production design, the location scouting that was done, the costumes, um, so much of it, the direction. I, I thought that the movie as a whole was really really great, and that's why it just missed my top ten. But it was a movie that I really really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just missed my top ten. Zach, you're number nine. My number nine. Um, okay, this might be a punt for you, uh, but it's across the Spider Verse. That yeah. is a punt for me. Okay, that is all a punt right. For me. All right. Wow. Uh, so your number eight. My number eight, and this is the end of the. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say the end, but this is the last. I guess of the popcorny uh, sort of films that are on my <laughs> list. But now my number eight is John Wick Chapter Four, which again is another sequel. It's another trilogy ender, hopefully. Um, I know it's not on either of your guys' list. Right? I haven't even seen it. I know you haven't seen it. Zach, you haven't seen it yet either, right? I haven't. I, that was one of the films that came out earlier in the year. I just I didn't get to see yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was February or March. Um, but I was like late to the John Wick movies. Like I didn't see them when they were in the like I this is the first and only one I got to see it in a theater. OK. Uh, and I just thought in terms of like action movies, it's as epic as it gets. Like I just thought that the choreography that's done in this movie for the action sequences put it on a pedestal of like arguably one of the top five best action movies I've ever seen. Um, there's so much in, uh, and not only the, the action choreography, but like the locations and how everything feels different. Every fight feels different. Every battle between characters feels different. And even though some of the characters mm -hmm. really have very minimal dialogue, it still makes the movie like you're able to feel out who the characters are just based on fighting style, based on who they are in the landscape of what John wick is. Um, there's talk of them doing another movie. I would hate that because I thought this was just the perfect way to wrap up all of it. Um, but yeah, John Wick Chapter 4 is my number eight. All right. And it's on either of your guys' list. I've actually never seen any of the John Wicks. You would like the first one, I think. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. You're number eight. Um, I didn't get <clears throat> see if this is on either of yours, but my number eight is Saltburn. Just missed mine. That was an honorable miss. Missed mention. mine too. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. I didn't know South it was going to be in your top 10. I'm a little surprised. Are you? Why? I am. I just didn't think that it would, uh, I, I didn't think it would crack it. I thought it would be like right below it for you. It was for me. It was like, I think it's just because of the amount of attention it's now getting. It's just really sitting in my memory. Like this list that I took it, I took it as things that 
I keep thinking about or things that I would rewatch, I'm totally going to rewatch Saltburn because I feel like there's a lot of things now that I know how the story actually goes. I could see in the beginning to pick up a little bit of Easter eggs. Um, also, I'm starting to become a fan of Emerald Fennel. Like I really liked uh, Promising Young Woman that she did and I really liked this. So I'm buckled up for anything that she does um i think the story's crazy i mean everybody's talking about the scenes it just is a film that kept me on the edge of my seat and i really didn't know where it was going i think a lot of films i try i'm that person that likes to try to figure out what's going to happen and she did a great job of making me not be able to guess what was actually going to happen so yeah giving it the credit that it deserves that's a that's a great pick it just like i said just missed my list a lot of great performances in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that certainly will stick with me for quite a long time <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, but the hype around the movie and the love that it's getting for a movie of that size um, in terms of just like budget. And uh, I'm excited to that that Amazon is sort of able to push movies like that. Again, yeah. like similar, similar to what I was saying in the beginning with Air, two completely different movies, but smaller in scale with still great ensemble casts and telling these stories that we're not used to seeing in the limelight as much. And the fact that Saltburn's getting so much attention, I hope it means more for Barry Keoghan. Rosamund Pike needs to be in literally everything. I, I, I like, I don't understand how after Gone Girl, like her career didn't lead to her getting multiple Oscar noms. Like, I think she's brilliant. Yeah. But the movie as a whole, and Emerald Fennel is, is someone that I'm like really, really, really excited to see what she does next. Although, so. have you guys seen that thing, the like report of how she's like, I want to see a relationship between, have you guys not heard about this? This is the Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this on off camera, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little. I feel like I'd still watch it. I don't know. I'd still watch it. I, I, don't, want, I don't want her near franchises. Not in a bad way. Like, I think she would do franchises great, but like. I would want her to do something in the vein of like Barbie. Like I wouldn't want her to like. I don't know. I could like, if she's it. if she yeah, wants yeah, to do a something. Jurassic Park version, let her go off. But like that specifically <laughs> like in the Jurassic a, Park. Yeah, that's like, like that was a little much. I was like, you could do anything with Jurassic Park except that. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, know. Zach, did you have any thoughts on Saltburn? Yeah, I, I was happy that the three of us and a lot of other people were kind of ahead of the trending the yeah. side of it. You know, like we all saw it and um appreciated the movie for what it is and i really like emerald fennel's work too i really liked promising young woman and um when i saw this i actually didn't i didn't know that she did was the same director okay so i was like oh great that's really cool like she she can do that stylistically and then this one was like a little bit bigger than promising young woman just because of how much with was in the real estate and like the the estate itself and um i really like Linus Sandgren, who's the DP of this, he's shot a bunch of other great movies. And kind of what you guys were saying, I'm really happy that Amazon, of all places, would take a chance on a stylistic story like this and make it very allowed to just kind of go run with it and and let it just manifest itself into what it became. So, And then for her to just take the risk that she did with trusting the actors, like Mm -hmm. it was such a good cast that they could kind of create their own space of creativity and it, it was so refreshing i guess but yeah so that's kind of my take yeah all right zach stay keep the camera on oh it's not number, me oh your number eight you guys are gonna hate me <laughs> but um my number eight is the iron claw wow it's a pun oh, for wow. me zach will, zach, for me zach too. will eventually get to talk about his movies everyone but not anytime soon because all three of his first ones I it. Uh, like it. i said it's not that it was bad it was just that i like you can't talk about it yet we're not allowed okay, to talk about it. all right so Sorry. i will say this is crazy because we're gonna go to year seven i just looked at it all three of us have the same movie for number seven. Wild. Whoa. Crazy. And very perfect movie for a weird scenario like this to happen. Absolutely. Dream this scenario, scenario. <laughs> is all three of our number sevens. That's wild. We all got to see this movie together to- as well. Yep. Not sitting near each not other. Not sitting near <laughs> each other at all. But at the Montclair Film Festival, I sat next to a piece of shit, if you're listening. <laughs> um, Jesus, what an asshole. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Dream Scenario because. Do it. We, we had a great review. I thought we had a great review mm-hmm. on this film. Check it out if you haven't already. Uh, the American debut of Christopher Borgley as writer-director. Um, and a movie that originally was conceptualized by Ari Aster, 
was supposed to have Adam Sandler in the starring role. Sandler dropped out. Astor moved on to Bud Was Afraid. Borgley steps in. You get Nicolas Cage. This movie was such a pleasant surprise. Like, I was excited. Obviously, I was excited for this because even in our most anticipated halfway, this was one of my four films that Mm -hmm. I talked about. But this is a return to form for Cage. And the only thing that makes me sad is that after this movie, he's like, I'm only doing like four more movies because he has hit such a sweet spot again in his career with things like this and things like Mandy and things like Pig that are so original and Mm -hmm. so different. Um, And I love this movie for its originality. And this is a film that I can't wait to buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray because my whole family is waiting to see it because of how much I've been raving about it. So I can't wait to buy it and rewatch it because to me, out of my whole list, this is one that I think like realistically I will rewatch this movie like every year for the okay. rest of my life. I think it's I think it's great in terms of the rewatchability. But Liz, what about you on Dream Scenario? I agree on the rewatchability. I also think that there's just so much packed into this script that on the first watch you're just trying to get a hold of the story that you're missing out on a little bit of the like side comments or uh like underlying subtitle kind of um but i mean cage for me was just everything i've ever since i saw this film i've been campaigning for him to get an oscar nom i don't know if he will i hope they throw him a bone i just i don't think he'll win he probably he definitely won't but i think he deserves a nom i think he played this character perfectly of being a dad like just a loser honestly just a complete loser (laughs) that you feel sympathy for but then you can also flip so easily of hating him and despising him it was just great i also think um another new and upcoming writer director who i'm now going to start following his work more which i'm always hyped about um it was a really great screenplay i think it had a lot going for it and they delivered zach zach I think, uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. It was it was super original, just something I haven't seen before, which is getting hard to see more and more these days. You know, I feel like a lot of movies are duplicates of each other, but this one was so succinct and um, particular about being its own identity. And um, I really like what Borgley could do just with Nicolas Cage and making his debut on a bigger film with A24 like that too is, is great. So... Um, yeah, I, I really appreciated what Nick Cage was willing to do. Like we were just talking about in our review, he's a chameleon. He just goes into any role and he plays it to a T. And he's one of those gifted actors that can do that. So, um, you know, it's hilarious. It's It's got everything going for it. It's original. And uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. We're about to uh, reach a very interesting point in the list. Where everything just gets Everything punted. is going to get punted very slightly, I think, wow. going forward. Yep. Liz, what's your number six? My number six is Poor Things. Ooh. Which I think Zach's punting. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Zach will be punting that. All right, we're punting. Zach, your number six. My number six is The Holdovers. Which is a very slight punt for me. Okay, okay. So then we're going to go back to me. And I think this is also a punt. My number six is Maestro. Which we're punting Mm. slightly for me. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think a little bit more for Zach. Mm-hmm. So then we'll go to Liz, your number five, which is Maestro. Okay. So let's talk Maestro. Okay, let's everyone. talk Maestro. Right, because that's not higher up on Zach's. Mine's higher. Oh, it is. It Ooh, is. Oh, okay. Right. Punt mine again. So then wait, Zach's that... your number five. Uh, my number five. Oh, that's also a punt. Well, well let's, <laughs> we might just have to start talking. All right, about let's. It. All right, yeah, so yeah. all right, all right. So these are all going to be very closely clumped together, and a well, lot. Why of the don't ones we we've name? What if we just go through our top five right now? Like you say what your top five are. Well, let's are. go through our top six because we haven't even really. Oh, okay. 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 So go through them and then we'll just end up. Yeah. Right. And then we'll just talk about them each. My number six is Maestro. My number five is The Holdovers. My number four is The Iron Claw. My number three is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My number two is Past Lives. And my number one is Oppenheimer. Liz, why don't you give us your top six? My number six, Poor Things. Number five, Maestro. Number four, The Iron Claw. Number three, Barbie all the way. Number two, All of Us Strangers, which I'll only be able to talk about. And number one, which is not a surprise, I think, Past Lives. Okay. Zach, you're six through one. This is is tough, man. This is really This is really tough. Uh, Number six, The Holdovers. Number five, Past Lives. 
Number four, Poor Things. Number three, Maestro. Number two, Oppenheimer. And number one, Anatomy of a Fall. Which makes me so excited to see Anatomy of a Fall and All of Us Strangers. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. All right, so let's start with Maestro. Let's do it. Maestro's my six. It's Liz's five. It's Zach's three. Uh, one of my favorite reviews we've ever done on the channel. Uh, a really, really great movie. Uh, it is the only one, well, one of two in my top six that I haven't had a chance to rewatch. Which might have moved it for me because Holdovers actually was lower on my list and then I moved it to five after some rewatches. Mm -hmm. I still really, really love the movie. It just didn't hold up as much on the second viewing for me. Um, but Maestro features my f probably my favorite performance of the year. Okay. With, Carrie, with Carrie Mulligan. Wow. I, wow. Yeah, I, think she's, I think she's so revelatory in this film and there's so much to that character mm -hmm. um plus bradley i obviously have uh every sort of crush on uh but just the movie as a whole is fantastic and and i think it's it's going to lead to some other great opportunities going forward for bradley cooper uh as a director and it really he really shined in this movie not only on screen but off screen as well liz yeah, i agree i think um for this film specifically, I th in the review, I said it's not a perfect film by any means. I think the screenplay could have had more attention, but I this just really emotionally moved me. I was very emotional at the end of it. Um, it's a, just a great film. I think Bradley Cooper was completely flexing his muscle um, behind the scenes on this one. He was going hard on the camera work. He was making so many beautiful choices of not just making it a standstill camera, but making sure that when you're watching it, you're not just watching the performance or listening to the dialogue. You're also watching what the camera is doing and what that's telling you, which I think is just a huge jump for him um, from where he was with his first film debut. So I think it was beautiful. I know some people don't love it. They weren't super impressed with it. But I am a fan of this film uh, all around. Zach. Zach had it lowest on his list. Uh, number um, three spot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I really I really loved it. Yeah, it, it was the, the choices with the camera, the, the choice with making this about a personal piece instead of just his accomplishments was something that I was really struck by. And I, I love the attention to the details within his private life that they gave light to with um just the filmmaking and there there was just a lot to love about this movie and the the biggest thing if the performances were bad this movie would have been horrible like if if they didn't embody those um characters but in the sense that they were just humans and that they were going through their own personal turmoil and um that really shows a lot and, and i just really liked the creative choices that he did with that kind of stuff so um yeah that's my take on maestro yeah that's <laughs> it's a, maestro. It's a great film um all right liz your number six was um poor things which i haven't had a chance to see yet so you okay. and zach can go off on that one zach what was that number for you poor things that, was that oh, was number four okay so mm -hmm. we're, we're close there um I fully stand by my decision of Emma Stone is going to win the Oscar. I'm going to say it. Mm. I, I don't think I'm wrong. Her performance, she carried that film. Um, it, it's just something that I've never seen her do before, but it totally makes sense uh, based on all of her past work. It was comedic timing. There was physical acting. It was a total different transformation into a different character that she's never been before. Um, it was so funny. Also, the script, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be a little bit more dystopia, kind of uh, tr trying to figure out like the sci-fi of it. But instead, it was just a really funny story about a woman or, yeah, like a woman going into the world and figuring out life for herself. And I just thought it was brilliant. Um, Zach? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I agree with everything you're saying, too. I, I think the preparation to of this film, too, is comparable to Oppenheimer, in my opinion, too. Like, I think the scale of it to really get everything that they needed to get that surreal and um, the Frankenstein approach to her character, making the dialogue so sharp the entire time and then rehearsing that as well. There was just so much going for this movie that was so unique and so elevated above many films that i've like ever seen let alone this year 
it was it was just so resonant with like every way that they went into this film so i really liked that for that reason but yeah i still have to say it i'm looking forward to seeing it but i haven't had a chance to see it yet um zach your number six was the holdovers holdovers. all right so let's talk about the holdovers um liz and i saw this at the montclair film festival zach you saw it a little after Mm -hmm. correct yeah um zach you talk about it first is it your number six okay yeah um I, I love this movie. DJ, you and I love this movie too. Yeah. That there's there's a lot um pe- a lot of people lo- like this movie too. And and I think it'll be another Christmas classic like for a long time. I love the story. Paul Giamatti deserves so many awards for this, but it's a very stacked year, so he it, it's okay if he doesn't get it, you know. I'm not going to hate on it, but I'm glad he got the Golden Globe for it. And um you know, it's just a feel good movie and it's it's definitely sad at points, but it's a very personal story that a lot of people can relate to. And there's, there's just a lot of characteristics to it that, that I enjoy. I love the period setting that they recreated. I love all of the intimate, like the cozy feeling that we were talking about behind the movie. So they just did a great job with making that. And I, I will get this like on Blu-ray whenever it comes out. So like, I'll get it. It's one of those films like on this list, like, Def, I mean, all these ten basically. I'll I'll try and get at some point, but yeah, this this was just such a like. This is the kind of movie that you and I appreciate a yeah, lot too, for sure. So. I I love the personal touch that this movie has. Um, and Alexander Payne is a director. Uh, I never thought I loved The Descendants so much as a movie that I didn't think anything else he would ever do in his filmography would surpass it for me. But The Holdovers does, and I do think I think it's between Giamatti and Killian for the Oscar. They both won the Golden Globes mm-hmm. between comedy, musical, and drama. So the differences, and I was talking to my family about this when we were watching the telecast, actually. Like, it's so hard because the performances are so entirely yeah. different. Um, to me, I think it's Giamatti's best performance, but with Killian, he's holding basically a whole movie on his shoulders. So it, it's tough. Um, yeah, this movie has so much heart. Uh, like Zach said, a, a classic that I'll watch around the holiday season every single year, probably for the rest of my life. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph is fantastic in this movie. I think she's the front runner for Best Supporting Actress. And Dominic Sess, a Jersey boy, literally in his first on-screen credit of his entire career, first project he's ever done. And he has to literally go toe-to-toe with these two fantastic performances. He has such a bright future as an actor, and I'm so excited to see what he does next. But this movie just embodies so much of uh just great relationships between people and seeing the natural fostering of what happens between people even if like you don't really necessarily like each other in the beginning you spend more time with one another you start to learn the similarities you have between each other and someone who's a former educator like it hit me in the sweet spot so holdovers was number five for me it was a little bit higher for zach at number six and it just missed liz's list do you want to talk about it a little bit or um, I'll say the reason that it's not on my list. Okay. I liked this movie. I didn't love it for two reasons, which I think we've talked about. I feel like I've seen this script before. I feel like I've read it before. Yeah. I don't know if it's really a new story. It's definitely a different take because it's uh, about a three-person relationship rather than just the teacher and student, which I liked. Um, and I also, as great as Dominic Sessa is for his first role there was something that I felt like he could have had a little bit more of a transit like a change of character throughout the film I think in the beginning he was a little bit too much of an asshole where I wanted to have a little bit more sympathy and empathy for him throughout the end of the film and instead I was like this is just a douchebag kid um, but overall, I really, I think it's a cute, cozy movie for people to watch. Alexander Payne would hate us. <laughs> we heard us saying his movie was cozy. Um, yeah. So Holdovers was my number five, mm-hmm. which means we go to Liz's number five. Oh, no, we already talked we already about talked that. About that about was it. Maestro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zach's number five is Past Lives, which, all right. So Past Lives is my number two. My number it one. It is Liz's number one. So you start you start this conversation. This movie for me is just like a sweet spot in cinema of films that I love where it's simple, well done, and straight acting. Um, because that for me, I just love when I get to see actors work and not have to, not necessarily battle, but that they have to compete with the camera work and the script and try to make the 
audience understand what's happening. Instead, it's like, let's focus on relationship and tell this story. And it, it honestly felt like a real like Broadway script was what we were watching happening on film, which is hard to do because sometimes it can be boring. But for me, it was so subtly done. It was so moving. It made you question a lot. Um, and it made me walk out of that theater just reeling and wanting to tell everybody about this film. So that is why it's my number one. I think everyone should watch it. You'll feel very moved. Zach? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. The <laughs> runtime, too, is the runtime. I mean, <laughs> how could you forget it? over here, guys. <laughs> like, that had to be the reason it was number one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this this movie was great. It was, it was a great new take on just romance and stuff and just how important the relationships are with with people that we know and love and cherish and you it puts you in the driver's seat and, and the perspective of you know like what could have been for you and yourself and then that's all she's experiencing the whole time that's all he's experiencing and um just that bittersweet um remembrance of like cherishing those lovish loving relationships and stuff like that so i mean it, it just is so like precise with how they explore those themes like if the filmmaking was not sharp in this it would have been a very forgettable rom-com mm -hmm. or not comedy but like a romance movie in general so it, it could have fallen through the cracks but the way that they did it so well and that 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 precise dialogue i mean just making like a name for um the past lives like they had the whole lore like lore behind that or like the legend behind that and that was really cool and then how the visuals play into the the the, the um <laughs> the relationships of how they split up and they go mm -hmm. on different roads and that kind of stuff like that was all very good like subtle energy that they were bringing to it so yeah dj what did you think yeah so this was my number two uh the better of the two three-handers this year mm -hmm. uh, as great as holdovers is uh, the performances between Greta Lee, Tio, uh, you, and John Magaro, just the brilliance of that love triangle. And the fact that this is a directorial debut for Celine Song, like, I cannot wait to see what she does as a filmmaker. I think that movies like this make me so happy to see stories being told like this on the big screen because it gives us a really great sense of what reality is. And sometimes you go into movies trying to escape reality, but other times it's like a picturesque sort of portrait of what people deal with on an everyday basis. And this story uh, is one that is simple, but how they're able to not only utilize the camera in such a way where you're sort of just navigating their relationship the whole entire time, like as if you're a fly on the wall and the bilingual aspect of it with the Korean language, I think is so perfectly executed and so authentically done and so carefully done um, that I think it's such just a tender, brilliant, dramatic romance movie. Um, it's one of my favorites of the year, obviously. It's one of my favorites in a very long time. Uh, and yeah, like I echo everything you guys said. I think this movie is brilliant and that's why it's Liz's number one and that's why it's in our top fives as well. Woo -woo. So woo -woo. everybody should see Past Lives. Everybody yeah. should see this movie. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that takes us to my number four now, which is also Liz's number four, Ooh. which we punted earlier from Zach. Yes. And this is The Iron Claw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. do okay. it. We're as good for a Darian rant every other episode please, of the Cinemoid podcast. give it to us. You're going to get it right now. The fact that this film is not being considered for any awards right now is a complete sin. The sad part is that understanding the way that they decided to release this film is what is hurting it. This movie didn't get a festival release. You're not – you're putting it out – again, it's the highest grossing movie in A24's history already, which is crazy. Um, but especially with like – I mean A24, though they are a smaller production banner, like they have their own sort of niche feeling and people really love their identity as a brand. Um, this is a film that someone as a wrestling fan, a wrestling purist and someone that just loves cinema at the same time, it's the perfect amalgamation of, of what it is. There's a big glaring thing in the movie that a lot of people don't like, especially if you're a wrestling fan and it's the Ric Flair part of it, which I understand. But if you take that out of the movie, the rest of the movie I think is perfect. And it's this, this 
horrifying, haunting, tragic, true story of this family This that, that is the wrestling equivalent to the Kennedys where you're just seeing tragedy after tragedy after tragedy occur. And this movie, similar to how Zach feels with like the, the period setting of the holdovers, which I also love, you get completely placed in the era with this movie, with the use of music and the use of the bingo halls for wrestling arenas and even the farmland that they're on. Like you could just everything about this movie, there was care given to it. And I've, I've listened to so many interviews with all the actors in it. I mean, everyone is great in this movie. Holt McCallany is fantastic. Maura Tierney is great. Uh, Jeremy Allen White, Stanley Simons, Harris Dickinson. But Zac Efron, I can't even believe, like similar to like what we had said when we saw Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage, but he has like a little bit more of a resume. This is by far Zac Efron's best performance. And I would argue it's it's in the top five performances of the entire year. And it's going to get completely snubbed, which makes me so upset. But this movie is fantastic. And as sad as it is, I can't wait to rewatch it because of just the way that this movie makes you feel. It's like it's like listening to a really depressing song when you're going through a really hard time. It's like I will sit down and watch this movie because it makes you feel something. And we, we talked about it in our review. I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it. The last scene of this movie with Efron and his sons, I mean, is is it, it made me weep, made Liz weep, made Vinny weep. So. Go go see this movie. Go see this movie. I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the re I I think I said this in the review. This is a great film for people that have no clue about anything about wrestling because I didn't know anything. I'd never heard of this story. I was going in completely blind. I just knew that it was about brothers essentially, and they did such a brilliant job of step show like getting you into the world not making you feel like you're lost unless you already know the story because there's so many times that people that films are retelling a true story and they miss key points because they assume the audience already knows it and so they did a beautiful job um i i agree zach efron just transformed into this character um i'm shocked that he's not getting any attention um, I mean, it is a stacked year, but I think the amount of hype that it's getting, I do agree. I think that the way they just handled it and they released the film a little bit too late in the year to be getting the attention that it deserves um, from award seasons. But I mean, the world in public is just like eating this film up right now. So I hope that they keep making money and that people, once it gets released, um, I don't know what platform it's going on. Where is it going? Does anyone I think know? it'll go to Max. Once it goes to Max, I hope people just completely binge it like they're doing with Saltburn and it becomes um, a hy another hyped up film and gets to relive uh, another momentum. But it was beautiful. I, it's one of the films that I couldn't tell you one thing that needed to change. Zach. Uh, all right. So I'm the odd man out with the. the no, it's still rating. on your like, list, I'm though. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's it, by no means was this a bad movie either. Like I, there were just other ones that I liked ahead of it. Um, everything that you guys are saying, I completely agree with. I, I really liked all of the performances in it. Um, there was a lot of care and detail to telling this era of WWE. And I didn't know a lot about the backstory with the, the whole uh, organization at that point in time. Um, the Ric Flair thing was one thing I did notice as well, but it didn't take away from the movie enough of like, you know, Oh, I can condemn this film, you know, like it, it, it wasn't like a bad part of it. Um, yeah. I, I really liked the emotional core that it carries because it could have been, another just um i don't know just a, a very like fake plastic like okay this is a wrestling movie and he's, they're gonna make money they're gonna like do whatever they're gonna you know get bloody and whatever and, that, and that's it like they could have been that but this was not that i think it taps into the wrestler with with um mickey rourke and just they're very similar where it has an emotional core to it and they focus on the relationships and the wrestling is not even the main focus at points and you're more interested in who they are as people and what they're willing to do to get what they want and then how toxic the father can be too so i really like that and there was a lot of attention to detail with that so kind of going on to what you're saying but <laughs> it's great film yeah. Um, all right. So that was our four. As we already covered Zach's four, we're gonna go to Liz's number three, which she's been patiently waiting to talk about. With Zach's number ten, we are talking about Barbie. Let's go. Go ahead, Liz. Go off, Queen. 
Where do I, I don't even know where to start with Barbie, to be honest. For me, it was my first 10 of the year. I think it is a perfect movie. Um, it's so funny. It hits your heart in the end. Uh, they wrap it up beautifully. Greta can't do anything wrong, in my opinion. I think she just keeps growing and growing and growing. And she, the production value on this film, it's just gorgeous. These sets and the costumes, every actor came and delivered. I mean, Margot. The fact that she not only was the lead actress in it, but also then was producer on it. I mean, it's definitely not an easy task. And the fact that this um, film did so well at the box office, too, uh, it just deserves so much praise. And I think um, I want it to keep getting nominations. I think that a part of Hollywood uh, is still... Uh, definitely leans away from women driven films and so for them they are like oh barbie a fun filmed movie but like not very oscar worthy so i hope that people keep putting out these films so that the the award circuit can finally realize that just because it's a fun pink movie doesn't mean that it shouldn't be taken serious so i love barbie and everyone should keep watching it give them your money I'm a Barbie stan too. Um, I I'm sorry for giving it the number ten, but <laughs> uh, you know I'm I still try and give out that Ken energy whenever I can. But um, I, it has a lot of rewatchability. I I just watched it again with my girlfriend, and and she was also like, "How do you have films ahead of Barbie? Like this is." Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like like I said, nothing wrong with the movie in my mind. I just had other things that I liked ahead of this, but um. Yeah, it's it's got a ton of rewatchability. The the humor is great. If they played it as a serious film, it wouldn't have worked. I think they yep. were right to make it a comedy and keep it sharp and punctual with the humor. And um just the messages that they leave in it are very profound for young women everywhere and that was something that hasn't been done as correctly like recently and and now that it has been out in the spotlight a little bit now with that group of people too, with Margot, with Ryan and uh, Noah also co-writing with Greta. Like there's, there's a lot of uh, surge of energy coming out of this that will definitely ha be resonating for a long time in Hollywood. So I really like it. Yeah. This, uh, this movie didn't make my list, but it was still a really, really great movie. And the more I watch it, the more I do enjoy it. I've seen it twice now. And the second time I definitely liked it more. And even in our review, I winded up giving it a higher score than I, winded up thinking I was going to give it a go again. Mm -hmm. The middle of that movie and the Will Ferrell aspect still I really don't like. And that's why it's <laughs> not on my list. Yes. But I think and I love Will Ferrell as an actor, but I think every other part of that movie is so brilliant. And and the the talent that's associated with that film is incredible. I mean, like you said, Margot, uh, to, to be able to really put her foot in the sand with Lucky Chap in this movie um, and and make such a great film not only for young girls everywhere but literally for everyone to take a look yeah. at themselves and in the mirror and, and what society is nowadays and and make a great commentary on it and do it in a, in a way where Margot said this in a recent interview I think it was with Variety uh, kind of going off what you were saying Liz but it's like she wanted to just make a movie that was really fun and she wanted to make a movie that was original and that girls would love like young girls would be able to look up to and enjoy they had no expectation for Academy Awards, mm -hmm. which even if they get nominated, I think it's such an I mean, the fact that a, a movie based on the doll of Barbie is going to get nominated for multiple Academy Awards, I think is remarkable. It's similar to kind of what Dark Knight went through back in 2008 when they were like, there's never going to be a comic book movie. And then it gets all these Oscar noms. Yeah, um, I think that Margot is brilliant in the role. I think Gosling in a lot of other years is probably the front runner. For the Academy Award is Ken. It's just a really, really tough year at supporting actor. Um, Greta, I agree with you. The the thing with Greta to me that's so interesting is for her to be able to make a movie of this scale and size and, and uh, intelligence. And then the next thing she's doing is Narnia and she's like afraid to do it. I'm like, how can you be afraid to do anything at this point in your career because of what you were able to make out of this movie? Because I think Barbie was so great for – I mean the original film was conceptualized as something entirely different. Yeah. So um, – Which would have been taken as a completely different way. And it would have been – I really genuinely believe it would have been a bad movie. Yeah. If, if Greta wasn't attached, Noah wasn't attached, Margot wasn't attached, Ryan, <clears throat> Michael Sarah has a great – Cameo. Like cameo it's so good at it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Barbie did miss my list, but it's a film that – 
I really, really enjoyed. And I think it has by far the best soundtrack of the year. Oh, at 100%. So, so good. Deserves oh, so. all the awards. Also, screw Joe Coy for making that joke. At yeah. The, the yes. whole Golden Globes. So stupid. So out of line. I don't really care if it was a joke either. He just goes, oh, like, uh, you know, Oppenheimer's based off this huge opus book. And then Barbie's just about a doll with big boobs. Like, that was literally the point they made the movie. Like, like yeah. to, to opposite counter that kind of argument like oh I this know. is just what adult like they reinvented barbie at, in that movie so that was the whole point of it screw that you know like i'm i'm done yeah. with that no, everyone's fed up with that i know but. i am glad that the audience didn't like yeah pity laugh that they actually were just like oh no like, dude. Uh, like you yeah, completely you obviously didn't see the movie first yeah. of yes. all but then also like like we'll get to oppenheimer but it's about a guy that made the atomic bomb like it's not like yeah like jesus christ himself coming like don't if you're gonna make a joke about barbie make a joke about oppenheimer don't praise it yeah sure but yeah teach their own i don't agree with it he was a terrible (laughs) he was terrible but (laughs) anyways i digress anyway um okay so that was your three we did uh zach's three maestro already my three is one an earlier punt from Zach, which Liz has not seen this I film. I have not seen it. This is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So this is another one that I rewatched. I watched I rewatched two movies on New Year's Eve this year. I rewatched Spider-Man and I rewatched Oppenheimer. Um, especially because those two and Past Lives, which was my number two, were the ones that I was like constantly shuffling in my brain. I'm like, and they're all so entirely different. Uh Across the Spider-Verse, uh, was one of our first reviews we did on the channel. I did it with Michael who, I mean, Michael would be able to speak to this even higher than I could, but I think it's genuinely the greatest animated movie ever made. Uh, and I think that it is the amount, again, like talk about care with, with over 50 different animation styles in this movie. And you just see it all unfold on screen. Like this was one of the, my favorite movie theater experiences of my entire life. And, there's just so much going on with this movie. And despite people be, and I, that's why I hate people saying that. And Guillermo del Toro says this all the time. It's like animation is not a genre. It's a medium because you can really tell really effective and brilliant and thought provoking stories through animation. It doesn't mean that it's a whole separate genre. Um, and I think that this movie goes toe to toe with all of these other films we've talked about this year. Um, in spite of it being an animated movie, uh, the voice performances are fantastic. I mean, so many people to praise when it should make more Haley Steinfeld is brilliant in this Oscar. Isaac is a great new addition. Jake Johnson is maybe my favorite Spider-Man. Uh, and there, uh, Daniel Kaluuya is great in this. There, there's so many great, uh, voice performances, but the emotion that comes with not knowing who you are in the world and trying to establish yourself and realize as a young person, what your identity is and trying to associate with a group of people or why decisions are right versus wrong. All of that is told through this story and through a comic book medium that again, like took them years to develop and work on. And I just think it's such an incredible all around movie and I think everyone should see it, but Liz hasn't seen it yet. I can't speak to it. She can't speak to it, but Zach. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really, I really agree with everything you're saying too. I, I liked across spider verse. The, the the four year undertaking that they did just for the animation was pretty incredible. Um, it, it there's very few animated movies that can rival the style that they do and and every detail that they go into. Um, yeah, the the way that they handled this movie was fantastic. The first movie was so well received that everyone was wondering how they were going to top it, and somehow they did. So. I uh, I really like this movie. I, I thought it was it's very entertaining for any superhero fan. So they should absolutely rush to see it if they haven't already. But um, yeah, I just I just had other movies that I preferred a little bit more. Yeah. So it was it was number nine on my yeah. list. But it's yeah. a tough year. It yeah. is a tough year. Um, all right, so that was my number three. Uh, we did Zach's number three, which is Maestro. We did Liz's number three, which is Barbie. Um, let's go into Liz. Your number two because none of us have seen it. Besides you. It's number two. Your number two is all Dying of us strangers. I'll start yeah, sobbing right now. I'll movie. start crying. Bring tissues. Um, I don't want to say too much because I think a part of what I loved about this is the script itself. Um, 
and that it doesn't give a lot away in the beginning. It keeps you trying to figure out where they're going with this. Um, it's definitely a new concept that I don't think I've seen before in a film. Um, I just really appreciate the topic of grief that they cover and the point of view that they uh, come at with it. Um, I really don't want to say too much just because... Can you talk about the performances? Yeah, Andrew Scott is just like gorgeous in this. He is... Uh, I don't think I've seen work from him to this uh, stature before. Um, you have so much empathy for him and the way he handles the dynamic of the character. It's just, he he's, he's so good. I don't know what else to say besides he's so good. The relationship between him and Paul Mescal's character um, is uh, really beautiful to watch unfold on screen. Um, they have just a great connection between the two of them watching that kind of flower over time throughout the film. Uh, and then I, it's just heart heartbreaking of a story. It's, it's really beautiful. I hope more people see it. I feel like because it hasn't come out yet, not a lot of people know about it. I hope that it keeps getting the hype. I don't know if it will just because there's so much being put out right now that I hope it doesn't get saturated out, but it's a really beautiful film about relationship and dealing with the passing of, uh, people in your life. Mm. I can't wait to see this movie. Mm -hmm. I've heard nothing but incredible things. And Andrew Hay, uh, I haven't seen any of his films, but everybody says like all of his movies are so heart wrenching yeah. and, and, and so uh, nuanced. And, and there's, there's so much about human connection in all of his movies. So this is another one that I'm, that's on my list mm -hmm. and I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Zach, I think you feel similarly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm dying to see this one. This is like, I, that would probably crack my top five if it's everything that you're saying. I was gonna say, I, I hope it, it lives up to it. And I just yeah. wasn't having like a good day where I was like, imagine, <laughs> no, no. imagine you guys are like, this is terrible. <laughs> no, yeah, you have great, you have good takes on movies. So like anything that you like found in that way, super profound. Sometimes the, she has good takes on yeah, movies. Ooh, 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 oh, are we getting to something? Spicy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I agree. I, I, I'm really, I'm really stoked for this movie. His next film which uh, was just um, in the trades and uh, is going to be Ben Stiller and Colin Farrell, which is very interesting to interesting me. Interesting combo. Of, really? Yeah, coming mm. off of Andrew. Um, Do we know if it's what typo? Is it like more comedic? No, it's more, it's more dramatic. Mm. I'll have the article up on Cinema Wave soon. Thank you. I need you to read it. You guys can check it out. <laughs> um, okay. So that was your number two. Uh, we talked about my number two, which was Past Lives. Now it's time to get to Zach's number two, which is my number one, and is Liz's number ten, and it's Oppenheimer, Christopher mm. Nolan's magnum opus. Why Zach, don't we go with Zach? You started off. Let me start. How do you start with this movie? Um, yeah, it's just a three-hour Christopher Nolan opus, and uh, I mean, there's there's so much with this movie. I want to rewatch it again soon too. Um, everything that he dumped into his 20 plus years of filmmaking is in this movie. He has a great screenplay. He has great use of black and white and color. He has, he shot it on some of the cleanest film you could possibly get these days. Like, and to shoot it on 70 for three hours is insane. Um, to go into an undertaking of a story like this, there's probably very few directors that could pull it off as well as this too. And everyone, for it to be so widely well received, is uh, really amazing too. For you know, when it went up against Barbie too, that was the whole thing. Was how how are these polar opposites like doing so well at the same time? And you know, it, you can just appreciate the filmmaking behind this alone, along with the story and how um, crippled this man's psyche was to the relationships around him, and then the morality behind him. So uh yeah uh, there's there's a lot to like about this movie um but yeah liz what do you think uh number 10, number 10. it's okay. in your top 10 no it is in my top 10. uh i appreciate this film for the grandiose that it is and how much attention and how much work behind in production they had to do and technically it's a gorgeous film my gripes with it 
that time, that runtime, people. <laughs> like it's it it should have been a limited series. It's very long. Um, I found it very difficult. Like I kept wanting to grab out my phone so that I could Google what they were talking about because I felt like it was moving so fast and it was expecting me to already know what was happening that I was trying to just piece the pieces together. And then all of a sudden 10 minutes had passed and I was like, I still don't fully understand what's happening. Um, yeah, though <laughs> it's. What was my other gripe? Um, Florence Pugh, yeah, right? Florence Pugh, I know. Florence Pugh. Yeah. I felt like her character, I mean, if you really want to hear all my thoughts, go watch our episode on it. I don't think her character was needed. I think they could have <laughs> totally cut her out. Um, I know you guys disagree with me on that completely, but it is what it is. It's my opinion. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh yeah. Also, the thing that made me put this number 10 is that because I appreciate it for what it is, but I will never watch this film again. Um, I sh I watched it once. I clicked it off my list. I'm never rewatching it. And so that's why it's not higher on my list, because everything on my list is things that I would rewatch in a heartbeat. Mm. This I you'd have to pay me. You did like Emily Blunt, though, right? I did. She yeah. was in, she was very good. She was mm -hmm. a standout. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not a bad movie. It's just like not my vibe. No, it's totally fair. Just like um, you guys didn't put Barbie high on yours. No, it's totally, I it's totally, totally, totally fair. I feel like it's pretty even in that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Um, I think this is the only movie this year that is perfect that I've seen. As much as I love all the other films in my top 10, Past Lives, I think, is brilliant. Spider Verse, I've talked about at length. Iron Claw, very small issues. Um, I've seen this movie twice now. And I feel the opposite of you, where like I want to watch it again already. Um, I always really appreciated Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker. Um, Dark Knight was always probably no Inception was probably my favorite of his films, which is I've seen that movie in theaters. I saw that movie in theaters I think like four times. I think which still is my most ever. Um, and it's hard because I don't know if I like that movie more than this film, but this movie is just so so fantastic in every which way in my eyes um it's my favorite score maybe in any movie ever uh the visual work that they did the camera work the, the sets the incredible ensemble that nolan was able to bring together uh for this film the fact that matt damon had to convince his wife uh that uh after promising in therapy he would never he would not do any other movies for the next two years unless christopher nolan called and then he gets the phone call from nolan uh, it's just a testament to how great of a filmmaker he is. Um, Killian holds so much of this movie on his shoulders, and it's great to see an actor um, who, of his caliber in terms of talent, but someone that's a little lesser known, get the spotlight of what this movie is. Robert Downey Jr., you get to see that he can act as other someone other than Tony Stark for the first time in fucking 10 years, which is awesome. Emily Blunt is fantastic in this movie. The direction is fantastic. I just think it's a perfect movie, and I I, I think that um, I, I I loved it. I loved Oppenheimer very much, and I will say for the for the going back really quickly to the Barbenheimer of it all, that somewhat saved the movie industry, mm -hmm. and I think that there's so much to that where like they play hand in hand with one another, Barbie and Oppenheimer, that they're gonna always be connected in that way, and I think that's beautiful. I think it's great that that. People came out in droves for weeks and that a movie that's – and despite how popular the doll of Barbie is, I mean a Barbie movie grossing almost $2 billion at the box office and a, a three-hour biopic of a nuclear physicist getting $980 million at the box office is a beautiful thing and it's great for movie fans. So I think as a whole, Oppenheimer is my number one. All it's right. I just went off. Um, we have one final. <laughs> we have one final, and it is Zach's number one, which unfortunately neither of us have seen. So I almost watched. Go it the off, other night, King. But... Oh yeah, Anatomy of a Fall. Right? Pitch us, Zach. Yes. Convince right. us to watch it. I'm this stoked weekend. to see this movie. By Me the way, too. I can't wait to see it. So this is this is also uh, bilingual. Um, it is. I think it's. I want to say it's French. It, it uh, is French. Okay, it is French. Um, but I think I think it's throwing me off as I can't tell if it's in the French Alps or somewhere in Sweden. I, I don't know. But um, 
that's not really important. <laughs> but so, okay, so this is a murder mystery, right? But you are, this is not spoiling anything either. You're just trying to figure out if Sandra Huller killed her husband or she didn't. And that's pretty much the whole movie. But the way that this screenplay is laid out so meticulously, it reminds me a little bit of 12 Angry Men and um, like a courtroom drama, basically, where they just present evidence throughout the movie that shifts your opinion back and forth of if she did it or not. And she's also so, so good at playing subtly where you don't know if she did it or not. And most of the time, and you're like, wait, like the way that she's like pushing back emotionally, like, is she being defensive or does she actually have a reason for doing that? Like she's almost playing two different sides to the story at the same time, which is really good. And then her motives are getting revealed kind of slightly throughout, but then you also don't know if it's a legitimate motive and um you know there's a lot of circumstantial stuff where the kid is like um in 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 the area when certain things happen and then like little details are just getting sprinkled throughout the film and little breadcrumbs where it's it has to be so planned out in a screenplay for that to happen so i was it was a really big testament to those achievements and um i don't want to say too much more without you guys seeing it but um yeah, the, the way that the screenplay alone was organized was was so good. And Sandra is so good in this. She's like probably my personal pick for the Oscars. But I love Emma Stone too. Like I will not be upset if her or Lily wins it, you know, like but she was just so different from at least crime movies that I've seen recently. You know, like she's she's very um, like like I said, she's playing like two different psyches at the same time kind of the way that they present these details and she's very devastating in it she's really good so check it out like anatomy of a fall it's fantastic it's a great foreign film if you're into them or you're trying to break into it because it's half english half french so it's it's worth it yeah awesome mm -hmm. i'm stoked yeah i i've heard i've heard the uh the fact that it's it's basically playing out the dramatization of what happened on top of the courtroom the like yeah. sort of two genres of it is what makes it so like both movies or both parts stand alone as being great. And the two of them together makes mm -hmm. it such a really yeah. great overall movie. So it's definitely on my list. It's definitely on Liz's list. It is. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing it. And I had fun talking about my top 10 favorite movies of the year. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me, Liz and Zach discuss all of our individual top 10s for the year, as well as punting many times. Um, we will next week be releasing our episode of top, our top 10 favorite television shows of 2023. That'll be me, Liz and Michael um, in the interview chairs or the host chairs, I should say uh, talking about that as well. So let us know in the comments, what you guys uh, have as your top 10 for the year. We'd love to hear your lists, see if there's other ones that maybe we haven't seen this year that we should check out that you guys really enjoyed other ones. Maybe you agree with our opinions, maybe some you disagree with. That's great. We love the discourse in the comments. Um, if you guys don't follow us already, please be sure to follow us at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram, as well as on TikTok, Facebook, and Threads. You can also follow us at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram and at Jersey's Finest Pod on Instagram as well. Be sure to like this video and please hit the bell for alerts so you guys can get alerts as soon as we post new content and subscribe to the channel. Just signing off, I am Darian Scalamoni. I am Liz Seiko. I'm Zach Miller. And we'll see you guys next time.